0: This meeting this evangelistic series that you have started. Uh, we know, God, it's a unique idea, it's something special that you laid on the pastor and I uh, to give to the people of God to help us get control of our lives. And Father, we know that the devil would like nothing more than to stop this meeting simply based on technology or the audio visual equipment. And we just invite your presence with us tonight. We just pray, oh God, that you will take care of the things that we cannot take care of, that despite what happens, despite what goes on tonight, your word may go forth to your people who are here, who are willing to receive a word tonight. We pray, oh God, that you just be with all the equipment, you be with the mics, you be with the screens, the TVs, whatever it is, oh God, we're trusting in you for what you will do. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen.
1: All right, we're just going to go without the video. We tried, but it might be ready by the end. So we're just going to fast forward. Is that all right? I'm so mad. I really wanted y'all to see that. But we might be able to get it afterwards. But let's just go, let's go ahead and just let's get right into it, Pastor.
0: All right, here we go. So we talked about last night rock bottom. What did I say?
1: Rock bottom. Rock bottom.
0: And basically, our whole premise is this the first step in Alcoholics Anonymous or any rehab group is that we realize that our situation is helpless and that it is unmanageable. Meaning, we cannot do anything about our situation. We cannot change it. We cannot make anything good out of it. We cannot alter it in any way. We need some outside source. And so, we also came to the conclusion last night as well that you have to come to the end of yourself in order for rehab to even begin to work in your life. Amen? If you're going to go to any rehab facility, if you're going to go through any 12-step process, you have to commit yourself to, to it so much to say to yourself, yes, I am messed up. Yes, I have a problem. Yes, I cannot do anything about it. And even more than that, sometimes God has to take us to a place of misery where we are down there all by ourselves and we realize, yo, there is nothing I can do about this situation. I am rock
1: bottom and I don't know what to do. So basically, uh, Pastor Coxum uh, is giving us a little humor here. And, uh, oh, did I do that? Yeah. What, oh, okay. What, yeah. what does that I'll mean, that. Uh, Elder? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is what we call a meme in the technology technology world. Whatever. How this this picture says how you look handling situations without God. If you notice on the screen that there's a monkey or a baboon or whatever who's fooling around with a a laptop, and I'm pretty sure it's an Apple laptop, and y'all know good and well, a monkey ain't got no business with a laptop because he don't know what he's doing, okay? At the end of the day, this is how we look trying to handle the situations that we have in our lives, especially when it comes to drugs and alcohol or any addictive substance or anything that we are addicted to in our lives. This is how we look. We cannot change or alter any situation in our lives. We need a power that is higher than us. Yeah, the
1: bottom line is, and I think what we don't want you to misunderstand is this, is that any discussion about rehab and addictions and, and struggles is not simply for people who are, who are on drugs. Every Christian must go through a rock-bottom experience before they really start trusting God. In other words, you cannot appreciate how good God is until you start depreciating how bad your life is. It's got to be that moment where you finally say to yourself, listen, I can't handle this anymore. My life is messed up. I need God. And I love what Paul says. Paul went so far as saying, I am the worst sinner. And one of the declarations that God is helping us get to, and this is what this whole rock bottom thing means, is you have got to get to a situation where you realize that your life is unmanageable without God. God doesn't want your help, He wants total surrender. Who says amen to that? So tonight we're gonna to talk about the solution, and I'm real excited about talking about the solution tonight. All right. So last night, the first discovery is the first discovery is that my life is unmanageable. What's the first discovery, everybody? Right. Now I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say you have no control over your life. You have no over life. Yeah. Matter of fact, that's the problem. The best, the best, the the way to get control is to release control to God. All right. Here we go. So the first step after you realize how messed up you are is you have to make a U-turn in your experience. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew word for repentance literally means I'm walking in one direction and I realize I'm going in the wrong direction. So now I'm going to bust a about face for all my military people. You got to pivot that foot and turn and walk in a different direction. To turn means to repent. So I've been going in one direction. Now I'm going to bust a move. Pastor, give me the other definition of repentance.
0: The other definition of repentance is simply to turn and then to agree with God. Mm-hmm. The Bible says how can two walk together unless they agree? You come into agreement and you say, God, you know what? What you say is bad, that is bad. What you say is good is good, and you begin to even call sin by its right name. Many of us, our main issue in life right now is that we have not called our sins
1: out to ourselves. Wow. wow. Oh, and we need, we need to agree with God. The main thing that God wants us to agree with is when He says to us, You are messed up. And instead of fighting that and saying, No, I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as they are. And no, they're worse than I am. Though, no, them crackheads down on St. Clair, those are the people that need Jesus. People in prison, they need the Lord. The homosexuals out there, they really need God. Instead of taking that approach and comparing yourself to other people, you have to agree with God and say, God, you're right. I am messed up. As as my folks say, I'm toe up from the flow up. You come to a realization that it is that bad. There's nothing wrong with admitting that it is that bad. You are agreeing with God. I need you and I need your help. All right.
0: So here we go. The next step, the next step, we had number one. Number one is saying my situation is helpless and it's also unmanageable. The next step in the big book is this. Read it with me. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. How many of you know the definition of insanity? What's that? Somebody, oh, somebody say, you're just crazy. Okay. Yeah, it means that, but it also means that the right definition of insanity is simply that you keep on doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. Okay? So, we're saying from this step... We came to believe that what we're doing right now is not working. We're getting the same result, but there is a power that is greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity.
1: Let me, let me ask right now, how many of you feel this way, that I've got to change my routine, that what I've been doing is not working for me? How many feel that way? The only way you can feel that way is if you feel like the way that your life is right now is, not, is unsatisfactory, And listen, there's nothing, I know, and especially in this new age world where it's all about, you know, feeling good about yourself, you can't even, you can't tell the truth to your kids anymore, you know, it's just all, you're just a great kid, you're so awesome, there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, people are so sensitive about their feelings, but understand this now, in the spiritual realm, you can't even make a move spiritually until you, until you agree with God that you are in a mess, and once you agree with that, then you begin to say that if my situation is not the way I want it, I got to change what I'm doing. If you come to church just once a week and that's and your life is still the same, it might mean that you might need to bust a move and add something, change something to your routine. Your routine, as pastor said, is insane if you keep doing it and you're getting the same results. I don't know if that, Does everybody follow what we're saying there? All right. So we're going to take you to a story. and we, Hopefully this story will bring this thing out. And I, and I love the story. Go ahead. Mark right. chapter
0: 5. Mark chapter 5. Here we go. Mark five twenty-five. Follow along with us. and your Bibles on the screen here. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years. How long? With constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the past, over the years, she had spent everything. How much? She had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, and so she came up behind him.
1: Hold on, hold on. did y'all notice that? She went to doctors, mm-hmm. she spent money, and after all that, she got worse. As a matter of fact, if we could put it in, in, in layman's terms, she, every, any, any program out there that she could go to, she went to it. Every church that was popular, she went there. Any, any person in her life that she thought she could get help from, she went there, and amazing, and this is what some of you are. Some of you are repeating the behaviors of getting help from certain sources, and guess what? You're not getting better. You're actually getting worse. I'm going to say this right now. This is, I mean, this, Some people may not even be able to conceptualize this. There are some people who go to church, and they get worse. You've been going to church for years, and you have not gotten better. You've gotten worse. Ain't nothing wrong with church. There's something wrong with your focus. That's the thing that's amazing. She got worse. Keep going,
0: Elder. Also, a lot of us have confidence in money as well. As long as we have enough money, we feel we can solve any problem. This woman was bleeding for 12 long, long years in her life. She had the money to go to doctor to doctor to doctor, but she found out even after spending all of that money, she actually grew worse in her situation. She had heard about Jesus, and so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself... If I can just touch his robe, I, I will be healed. You just missed your shout. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. <laughs> then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees yes. in front of him him being Jesus and told him what she had done and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace your suffering is over
1: yo this is this is probably one of my favorite stories in the bible i mean this is the this is the the perfect story of a terrible beginning and a happy ending so what we're going to do now is we're kind of gonna kind of unpack the steps towards getting free. And one of the things Pastor said in the beginning, and, and I want I'm to be very clear on this. We're not going to give God an out on this. We are basically telling you that if you follow what this woman did, you will experience total victory. She is a model to us on how to experience right now victory tonight. And so we're going to break that down now. I think we've got a few lessons that we want to share with you. So the first thing that we learned from her, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll jump in on this, is that here's the first step. The first step to being free is to have opposition. Amen. Anybody hear what I just said? Amen. All right, let me back up one more time. You thought I said the first thing to be free is to have a blessing. No. The first step on being free is to have opposition. And particularly in her case, the opposition that was in front of her and in front of her blessing was people. The Bible says that when she looked for Jesus, the thing that was in the way was the crowd. All right, can I talk to somebody in here? How many know that sometimes, no, not sometimes, most of the time, the thing that hinders most of us from going to the next step in our relationship with God are folks. Folks, family folks, church folks, friend folks, David. I mean, people, your own mama and daddy created an environment. So understand this now, but notice what we're saying. The first step to victory is to have opposition. The
0: story is very clear. This woman went into this crowd. And really, if we read the account from, I think, Luke chapter 8, the Bible says that the crowd was so thick that day that they almost crushed Jesus himself. They were around him. This woman had been bleeding for 12 long years. We did some medical research on that. And we found out that basically she was having a 12 year long period, she was hemorrhaging. Blood on a daily basis. And literally her life was flowing out of her body. She was slowly dying every single day. And what you have to understand uh, and how bad that really is, is that during that culture and during that time, her bleeding that way would have made her officially unclean. She could not go in public areas. She was not around allowed, allowed to right. be around people at all. She could not get married because if a man slept with her, he would be ritually That's unclean. Right. Right. He would have to divorce her. And so not only is she in pain and she in agony from her sickness, yeah. now she's in pain and agony being ostracized from her community as well. So she's walking around with this issue, walking around for 12 long years, and she is afraid, even though knowing Jesus is the only answer to her problem, she is afraid to go near him because she knows she is going to be judged by the crowd.
1: But listen, that, I mean, let me, let me say this. One of the best things that can ever happen to you is when you get to a place of hopelessness and rock bottom. And for her, this was her rock bottom. And a lot of times we are so busy trying to avoid. One of the, I love this statement that one of my favorite writers says. She says, there are some lessons that will only be learned through failure. Right. It's not until you get to the place where she was, where, where everybody dissed her, everybody separated themselves from her, and they actually tried to keep her from her blessing. She was so, I mean, she's trying to get to the blessing and the people are standing in the way fighting her back, the Bible says crushing, right? I mean crushing, pushing her back from her blessing. Would you agree and say she was rock bottom? She was desperate. And so watch this now, and this is, and this is the shift here. It's not until you get to that place where you've, had, where you've had a hell of a life that you say enough is enough. I am tired of being where I am. I am about to bust a move. And it was her desperation in this rock bottom experience that propelled, would you agree, that just propelled her out Mm -hmm. of her circumstance?
0: Absolutely. She was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And sometimes you don't even have any answers in order to get out of your situation. At the end of the day, you're just saying, I know I've got to do something, something different. I I keep on getting the same things over and over again. And if you keep on doing the same things over and over again, you're going to keep on getting the same things all over again. And so this woman said, I'm going to put God to the test. I'm going to put everything that I have heard about Jesus up until this time to the test. I'm going to make my way into the crowd. I'm going to be desperate for him and see what happens to me.
1: Yeah. So let me just review this first page real quick. So first thing, here's the first thing you need to be free, to be healed. You need opposition. And what opposition does is opposition causes you pain. And when you experience pain, you finally get to a place where you said, I've had enough. Most of you will never say you've had enough until God keeps putting you in that broken place. Where where, where the life of you has to constantly come out. And so understand this. Now, this is good news. So is there anybody going through tonight? Anybody going through anything? Anybody feel like you're at your wit's end? Anybody struggling? If you're not, you'll get there. I promise. God is so desperate to save you. For real. He's so desperate to save you. If you don't feel like you're at your wit's end, he's going to get you there. Because that's the only thing that's going to drive you. Here's step number three. She never, pastor, she never would have been looking for Jesus. Jesus. Because, I mean, talk to me now. For 12 years, she was looking for everybody else. Mm -hmm. What was it, Pastor, that that, that got her to a place where she said, yo, I got to go to God?
0: Basically, none of the physicians could heal her. Every good doctor she went to, she spent all of her money. She went, tried every procedure that she could find during that time. You can assume that she went to the best doctors, the best hospitals, the Cleveland Clinic of that time. Nobody right. could do anything That's right. That's right. for her. That's right. But the thing is, she's in pain That's on true. a daily basis. That's Literally, true. her life is bleeding out of her each and every day. And she's saying, God, I am desperate for you. So here's point number three. She realized... Jesus was her only hope of healing. Now, I may need to jump ahead just a little bit just to say this thing. The woman then said to herself, I have heard about Jesus. I have heard what he has done. I have seen him open the eyes of the blind. If we go back to the spirit of prophecy, she actually says that this woman had been following around Jesus for actually all day day. and quite some time. But then also she said to herself, listen, I know that if I can just touch the hem of his garment. (laughs) I shall be made whole. I shall. Yeah. But this is the thing. She did not say, maybe I'll be made whole. There's a good chance. There's a possibility I might be made whole. This woman just said to herself, I know that God is so powerful. If I just, touch, if I just get a glimpse of God, if I just get a piece of him, if I can latch on onto anything
1: from God, I know I will be made whole. I just don't think that many of us are at that place. No, no, no. The only way she could get there, she had to be, there had to be a crowd Mm -hmm. and she had to be desperate. That kind of, when you go through hell, hell makes you want heaven. (laughs) When you've been fighting the devil and been losing, you've been want Jesus. And so God has to, and you know, I used to complain and moan and groan about the struggles of life, about the trials of life, about the tests in life, and now I'm realizing that God, I love what my my dad says it this way, he says, a setback is nothing but a setup for a comeback. God is putting us in that difficult place so that, Pastor, as you say, she got to a place where she was like, listen, I know I'm going to get healed. I know it. Nothing left for me. Yeah. (laughs) Number four. Second, the the fourth thing that we learn from her life, and it it gets gooder and gooder if there is such a thing. I mean, it gets gooder and gooder. So she was like, I'm going to find Jesus. Now, many of us make up in our minds, Pastor, that I want God. I want God in my life. Now, she got to a place, if, if you would agree with this, that... She, she had tried everybody else, and many of us, you know, I tried a relationship, I tried marriage, my kids won't give it to me, I can't get it from a spouse, I can't get it from church members, and she got to a place where she was like, I ain't going to get, what I need is too big for any human being to handle, too big for any program, I need, a God, I need a God-sized solution. And so, pastor, she said, you know what, I want Jesus, but this is where many Christians, I think, come short. She then went looking for him. Talk to us about that now.
0: Yeah, she then went looking for Jesus. She had heard about where he was. The Bible says, oh, actually, the Spirit of Prophecy says she went to a place where he had opened the eyes of the blind. She saw him, but she could not press through the crowd. She couldn't get close enough to him. She went and saw him by the seaside and heard that he was talking, but she couldn't get close to him there. And so finally, she finds him as he's slowing down just a little bit, and she says to herself, I know that I don't care what I have to do now. If I have to push people out of the way, if I have to elbow them or punch somebody in the face and use what little strength I have left, I will get to Jesus and I will find him. But here's the thing, brothers and sisters. For the majority of us today, God, see, we like to believe that Satan is at behind, he is behind every hellish situation in our lives. Talk about that. It's not true at all. That, that is, is, that is a fallacy. Is busy. The, the, devil devil is busy. Busy. the devil is busy. The devil yeah. did that. No, sometimes we did that. The choices we made landed us in some situations. But even more than that, sometimes God has to allow us and put us through hell itself in order to make us want him. Yeah. Hey, y'all don't no, believe just, that. Come on. Uh, now, they I'm, don't I'm just believe. being
1: honest. <laughs> yeah. Reading that chapter in Desire of Ages says that she first went to Levi Matthew's house where she knew Jesus would be. And then Jesus made a move. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when Jesus makes a move, she almost has him in sight. Then the crowd starts following him. So now he's moving and he's got a crowd. Then Jesus makes another move in the same day and goes and and, and starts connecting with Jairus and going to heal her daughter. And then he makes another move. So this, this is what I'm saying. And I'm just saying I know my impatient behind. My impatient behind would have been like, hold on. I came here. I almost had him and I missed him. I've been doing this all day. And then I made another move, and I couldn't get him there. Pastor, I would have given up after the second try. I'm bleeding. Come on, talk to me, sisters. We're talking about 12 years of PMS. (laughs) Some of y'all can't have a good five minutes. (laughs) Oh, I can't get nobody to pray with me. Let the men say amen. Amen. (laughs) Her whole life story is this. And she, I'm saying in sickness, in sickness, some of us won't go to church. And we got a we got a head cold. Yeah. She's dying and she's we're talking about Palestine, walking the streets of Palestine, yes. literally running and following after Jesus. She is not gonna be stopped.
0: Yeah. The majority of us, more majority of us at this time, we would have laid down and died right died. there. Forget it it's over, throw up the, red, throw up the white flag, yeah. I'm done, throwing my hands in the air, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm, it's not my season, it's not my season, <laughs> not my season. <laughs> God has not pronounced healing over me right now, this yeah. one was saying, no, I, I speak life over myself,
1: Yes,
0: I am going That's right. to be healed, That's right. I've had right. so much pain in my life, I have had so much turmoil, I know what the word of God says, I know what he has done Woo! before, I have heard him, I have seen testimonies of what he has done what he has done for others, he can do for me as well. Wouldn't it be great if the people of God actually believed that God was God? Wouldn't it be nice if we actually believed the promises that God gives us in scripture, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Wouldn't it be nice if we said to ourselves, our God can not only do exceedingly above, he can do exceedingly above all that we could ever ask think or imagine yes. wouldn't it be nice if we yes. actually believe that God was the great physician that we say he is yes. wouldn't it be nice if we actually said to ourselves from time to time yes God can heal me yes. from whatever I'm going yes. through or whatever is in my life yo, this woman said to herself I am so desperate he has got to heal me if he does not heal me then I'm gonna get trampled and I'm gonna die right there yo
1: it goes it goes right back to what we were talking about yesterday I'm gonna say this and, and you know especially if you've been in church for a long time how many of you have prayed that prayer when you're wanting a miracle from God and you, and you, and you have put this tagline at the end of your prayer just in case you get disappointed. You'll say, God, I want you to heal me if it be your will. I'm going to tell you right now, you can look all through the Bible and people in the Bible didn't pray that way. Y'all made that up because you are scared.
2: It's a cop-out. cop-out.
1: And one of the things, now now think, think about the odds that are against this sister. Yeah, yeah. Think about the odds. Yeah, yeah. She's not supposed to go out. If she goes out, it's more than likely she should be killed. Stone. She's right. unclean. She's not supposed to be in the contact of people. She is taking, as you said in the office, she's taking all kinds of risks mm-hmm. because she wants to be healed, right? And so and so watch this now. What she says blows my mind. She says, if I love when you said this, if I can touch the hem of his garment. She says, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. She said, she she did not say, if it be his will, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am gonna be healed. If God is nice to me today, then I'm going to be healed. I mean, mean, I'm sorry, I'm just on this thing. Many of us do not have what God wants to give us Mm -hmm. because we do not have the kind of faith and desperation that this sister had where she simply said to herself, I, I mean, people that have a relationship with God, they can talk to God differently. They can. I mean, look at Moses. Moses said to God, he said, God, I know you said you're going to kill the people, but God, no, you're mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This sister, in her mind, I can imagine somebody telling her, you're not going to be healed. Jesus doesn't want to deal with you. He doesn't, he doesn't heal people like your kind. And she said, listen, if I touch his garment, I'm going to be healed. That's right. That's right. I ain't asked you your opinion. I don't care what the newspaper said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, if I touch him, I will. it's going down. Right? So, number four is, clear. we've got to get this. Determination always precedes the miracle. You cannot look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. That's what, That's what right. I mean. You can't. You can't. Go ahead, Pastor. And here's
0: the thing. If God blesses you short of a rock-bottom experience or he performs a miracle in your life short of you being determined, you will likely begin to believe that you did that. Oh, God's got to bring you to the end of your... Well, it's obvious. I I can't do nothing for myself. So once he brings you through that thing and once he heals you, you can look back and say, yes, you know what? That was God. That was nobody else. But God who did that, nobody else is going to get the credit. God has got to get the glory for this. Here's one more thing. Her faith was absolutely astounding. But then Jesus says this. Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus said, if we just had faith of a mustard seed, if yes. we could move mountains and many of us believe that w- god says we're supposed to have faith like a mustard seed no yes. no 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 he's saying if you even had that much faith yeah you would be able to claim the promises in scripture like this woman claimed and be healed
1: are y'all hearing what i'm trying yes, to say Pastor, <laughs> i'm not i ain't claiming mustard seed faith mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm not claiming that that's not the goal that's not the goal he mm-hmm. said if you had that if you even had you could that move much a mountain. Yeah. he said i ain't want you to have it if you had it well, what does she do? And then, yeah, I think this is where the story gets like buck wild. She's, she's at this point, Pastor, if we just use our imaginations, um, and, and I love what Desire of Ages says. It just gives us the picture that at, at this point now, while the crowd is moving, Jesus has decided now to go heal somebody else. That's right. That's right. That's right. She has not been able to have a conversation with him. And the disciples are just, let me say the church people, man. The disciples are like tripping, like, yo, what? Like, yo, back up. Get up off of Jesus. Like, you talk about you were a bouncer, you were a security guard, click black. I hear you, boy. You know what I'm talking about? Like, back off. So, in my mind, in my mind, I know, Pastor, she was on the floor. I know she was in the ground. Go ahead.
0: Just to touch the hem of his garment, she had to be, okay? The crowd was pressing. it again, in Luke 8, the Bible says the crowd was so thick around Jesus just to get close to him, they almost crushed Jesus to death at that time. And so the Bible says this woman got down, we can imagine with our minds. That's out, the only got way she could have got to him. On her hands strong, and her shoes. knees. That's right. She obviously would have started walking a little bit and somebody would have shoved her to the left and shoved her to the right. And then she said, I've got to get to Jesus because I've had this thing for 12 long yes. years. Yes. And somebody would have hit her upside her head and said, what are you doing here? Yes. We know that you are sick. You're not supposed to be here right now. And eventually she would look at Jesus' garment and see the hem of his garment, get down on her hands and yes. knees. And sometimes you got to be desperate enough to do that <laughs> from time to get down on our hands and knees and crawl to Jesus (laughs) and touch him on the hem of his garment. Here's the issue with us. None of us are really that desperate with God these days. (laughs) None of us are really that determined to get down on our hands and knees and to be abased by the world, be humbled by the world so much and by our circumstances that we Mm. will do absolutely anything just to get close to Jesus. Nowadays, if we get the common cold or we got a little cough or a little tickle in our throat, we ain't even coming to church at all.
1: It is, it is human nature to avoid you being humble. Listen, man, I mean, you talking about desperate. Just imagine being at church and you wanted God so bad that you crawled on your face to his presence. In the middle of a crowd. Somebody stepped on her, somebody kicked her, somebody told her to get out of the way. But listen, when you had enough, <laughs> when, when, when enough. your cup has just <laughs> gotten full, mm-hmm. And you ain't worried about how you look. You ain't worried about nobody's opinion. You ain't worried about what church folks saying. You ain't worried about what your family is saying. You just made up in your mind that I I shall go to my father. And here's the thing. And I and you know I don't know. I mean, what what is your imagination telling you, Pastor? I don't know if she's on her face. How does she get to Jesus? The only way she could have made that leap towards him, if you please. And it says she only touched him of his garment. I'm sure she probably wanted more, but she she only she only just grazed his garment. Desire of Ages says this. This is what what blows my mind. This this is our next point. Desire of Ages says that Jesus was actually nowhere near her. She literally closed her eyes and lunged forward and just hoped that he was nearby. Y'all not hearing me. (laughs) We walk by faith and not by sight. She was too tired to do anything else. She just said, this is my last ditch effort. I hope that he's in that crowd somewhere. I'm going to dive forward, and I'm hoping that I graze something that belongs to Jesus. Now, here's the crazy thing. Now, I love your girl, EGW, man. She says that what Jesus did was, Jesus was nowhere near her, but when he sensed, he said he knew she was coming. (laughs) Uh, Said, Jesus, here it is, yo. Jesus knew she was coming, and this is the thing about God. Never think that when you're chasing after God and it seems like you're not finding him, that God is running from you. What God is really doing, he's just testing your faith. Mm -hmm. How bad do you want it? So what happened is that Jesus, Jesus moved where she was. And so in my imagination, he didn't have to go too far because we know the power. Jesus was oozing in power that his clothes had power. I can just imagine Jesus turning the corner. His robe just blows a little bit. She touches just a string of it. Mm-hmm. But look, that's what faithful do. That's right. You don't have to get full contact, but if you simply just believe,
0: she got hold. Go ahead. Many of us will take a risk on just anything in our lives. We take a risk on the lotto. We take a risk with our very lives. That's right, but the majority that's right. of us will not take a risk when it comes to Jesus.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: We will tell you, God has the power to heal you. I am telling you right now, if you claim a promise from the Lord, you may be healed, and none of us will take a risk on that thing, even though the word of God says it to us. This woman takes a risk on her life. She crawls down on her hands and her knees. She grazes the tip of the hem of his garment, and she is made whole. So here's the next point. Jesus positioned himself where she could reach him. And then, seventh thing, he caused her to testify who touched me? Now, wait a minute. Actually, actually, I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to let you preach this thing, but wait a minute. Here's the thing. We're going to help each other on that one. The Bible says there was a crowd of people around Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Now, in that crowd, the reason people were around him is because they were poor and they were in need. Yes.
1: Oh, yes, Pastor. Yes. Many of
0: the people, probably the, the majority of the people in that crowd were sick and needed healing. That's right. Oh, man, you're just missing this thing. They wanted the same thing she wanted. They were in the same position she was in, yet the Bible only records that she got healed. How does that happen? (laughs) Go ahead, please. Please, tell me. Everybody is around him. They are sick, and they are touching him. And even after Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? Peter says to him, Jesus, how can you ask that question? Look at how many people are around us the lame and the halt and the blind and the needy and the naked and the poor. Look at everybody, but the only person that got healed during that time is this
1: woman. Hmm. I mean, this happens in church, it's happening right now. All of us in here want Jesus, everybody in here came to get a touch. Some of us will get a touch, but nothing's gonna happen. I'm telling you, every time we come in the presence of God, we we the potential is in this room right now for us to experience what she experienced. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm saying how is it that you can the, the miracle is that you can come in God's presence yes. and nothing happened to you? I mean, sick people everywhere and one person gets healed. And the reason why we know it is why, Pastor, simply because Jesus said, who touched me? And y'all know what happened after that. The disciples were like, okay, you know, really? I mean, you know, like yeah. everybody's on you. Everybody's bumping against you. I mean, it's hot, sweaty. Everybody's touching you. He said, nah, <laughs> this one's different. <laughs> Let me read this to you right now. And this is, and notice, so Jesus, Jesus was trying to get her to testify about her experience. Yeah. Read this statement for us, Pastor. Notice, notice this. This is from uh, Desire of Ages. Watch this.
0: God must be glorified by her grateful confession. Christ desired her to understand that he approved her act of faith. Yeah. <laughs> he would not have her depart with a half-blessing only. Oh, 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 I pray to God you receive this.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so no, go no, no, there, no, go no, please, no, please, by <laughs> all means, please. Nah. <laughs> Dude, man, I'm about, to, I'm about to go crazy over this. So this, this blew my mind. Did you, did you catch that last phrase? Yeah. If she would not have opened her mouth and told everybody where God had brought her from, then she would have only left with 50%. Wow. See, some of y'all are half healed because you ain't never told nobody what God delivered you from. Tell the truth. You was nasty back in the day. Oh, okay. I can't get nobody talk. Tell, tell, tell the truth. You used to get high too. Tell the truth. You did have an anger problem. But see, many of us, oh, please, and listen, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm reading what your girl, your girl is saying that if Jesus did not say, who touched me? In other words, you got to talk. I know what came out of me. Now you need to tell what just happened. If she would not have done that, according to the prophet, she would have only left with half a blessing. I mean, we got half a blessing saints all in the church. We've not walked into the fullness of God because many of us won't even tell our children what God has done in our lives.
0: It's oh, funny. Go next. Peter responded to Jesus. Jesus, how can you ask that question? There's so many people around us. And Jesus said, no, 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 Peter. I know you mean well. But I felt power. Yeah. Holy cow. Hey. I felt virtue. Mercy. Leave me. Mercy. Hundreds of people are touching him. (laughs) And Jesus said, at this moment, no, 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 Peter, I felt power leave out of me because of this woman's faith. Let's read this. Yes. The wondering crowd that pressed close about Jesus, about Christ realized no accession of his vital power. But when the suffering woman put forth her hand to touch him, to what him? To touch him, believing that she would be made whole. She felt the healing virtue and so in spiritual things, watch this, watch this, to talk of religion in a casual way, to pray without soul hunger mm, and living faith avails nothing. A nominal faith in Christ, which accepts him merely as the savior of the world, can never bring healing to the soul. The faith that is unto salvation is not a mere intellectual assent to the truth. He who waits for entire knowledge, help us, O oh God, before he will exercise faith, cannot receive blessings oh. from God. It is not enough to believe about Christ. We must believe in him. Yes, sir. The only faith that will benefit us is that which embraces him as a personal savior, mm. which appropriates his merits to ourselves. And many hold faith as an opinion. mercy. But saving faith, get this, is a transaction. <laughs> By which those who receive Christ join themselves in covenant relation with God. Genuine faith is life. A living faith means an increase of vigor, a, confi- a confiding trust by which the soul becomes a conquering power.
1: Yo, let, before we deal with the transaction yep. part, before we deal with the transaction, and Pastor, Pastor, Pastor's gonna going hurt himself on that part. He got so excited in the office on that. But what, let, me, let me show you something real quick that, that blew my mind. Uh, So everybody was around him. Nobody got healed. She got healed. But notice what it says here. It says the faith that is unto salvation is not a mere intellectual ascent to the truth. So let's let's be clear on this. Knowing the Bible, knowing right and wrong does not give you power to experience miracles. Okay. All right. Number one. Watch this. He now watch this. He who waits. For entire knowledge before he will exercise faith cannot receive a blessing from God. Let me, let, me, let me tell you this right now because this is all in me. Many of us have not experienced the we walk by faith and not by sight miracles because we're saying we walk by faith, but we're really looking by sight. Faith doesn't have to see nothing. She had no idea whether she was going to connect to Jesus. All she had was a hope and a prayer. And that hope and belief was enough to catapult her to the next. I mean, at the end of the day, she started off as a woman dying and she left as the woman with the most life. So notice now, Pastor's going to deal with this on us. The only faith that will benefit us is what embraces Christ as a personal savior. You gotta know him for yourself. So saving faith is a Eight. transaction. Break that down. A
0: transaction. I'll try to temper myself I know we got some other parts to go to, but listen to this. Faith is the victory.
1: That's right. That's right. You, you, want, the t- you want the text? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, I'll put it up real quick. We, we think back
0: faith back. brings us victory. Yeah. Having faith in God is victory. Is the victory. Oh, Lord. <laughs> There it is. Faith is the victory. If you can have faith in God during the most desperate times of your life, if you can have faith in God when you cannot see your hand in front of your face, when you can have faith in God when you can see no end in sight and it really seems like nothing is going to go well in your life, you are already a victorious person. Faith is victory. Faith is victory. Victory. And so this woman, listen, when she had faith, her faith healed her. <laughs> her faith healed her simply because she believed she was healed. Not necessarily because she talked to Jesus and jacked him up and told him, listen, you better heal me right now. The Bible says she just believed in her mind and had enough faith in her heart. If I touch him, he will heal me, and the transaction that I will get for my faith is life.
1: Yeah, here's the text that Pastor was referring to in John 5, 1 John 5, 4. And, you know, this is amazing. We think that faith gives us victory, but when we have faith, we're victorious. You walk in victory when you believe. The Bible says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. Now, read this part with me, guys. This is... Is the victory that has overcome the world? What is it, everybody? Even our faith, Amen. Amen. All right, let's let's. Uh, so so so. Notice Ellen White said that faith is transaction. Then we got one more story. And we're done. And the, the video they say is ready. Praise the Lord. So do we showed the video. All right. So so here's the thing. Faith is a transaction. That's what your girl says. She's says a transaction. So so if, if if I remember when I first bought, I, love, I remember when I bought my first home. They 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 they, they you know they, they tell you I have a down payment. You got you know a percentage of the home is your down payment, right? right? But before you pay that, they say you got to give us some earnest money. Wow. Now, if I tell them, if I tell coach them who owns the home, listen, I want to buy your house. Mm-hmm. This is my profession. I believe I'm going to buy your house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy your house, man. <laughs> Two days go by. Three, four, five days, ten, a month. I'm going to buy your house. Is he going to sell me the house? No. Matter of fact, it's sold already. Because you know what I did? I just ran my mouth. What makes, and I remember, I never forget it like yesterday. I was like, earnest money? I thought I had to do down payment. I was like, where does earnest money come from? Earnest money simply says it's money in advance that says I'm for real. And when I put down earnest money, that tells him that the down payment is coming. The house is mine. When I put down earnest money, the house was mine. And so what Ellen White said, when she's saying faith is a a transaction, when we have faith, before we experience the blessing it's already ours oh y'all not hearing me on this you're okay. waiting on something to happen and guess what when your faith happened it happened mm-hmm. it may not come when you want it <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. they'll, they'll get it in a second they'll get it in a second, oh, in a second. Go ahead. Matthew 15. all right just one last
1: here here
0: we go, here we go. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. And so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. This woman comes crying out to Jesus in her desperate nature, in her to Jesus, the Savior of the world, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says he answers her not a word. Then he tells his disciples, listen, send her behind out of here, for she keeps crying out after us. Okay. So I'm just reading the Bible. I don't know. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me. Uh-huh. She said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, this is funny.
1: <laughs> Jesus calls
0: this woman a dog. Now, was most of us, most of you women in the audience today, you would have been, he called me What? You would have walked away and never received any blessing. You would have been out. You would have been cursing him to his face. You would have been saying all kinds of things. But you would have left that point because you thought that Christ was insulting you. But here is what this woman says. Jesus said, listen, it's not right to take the children's bread to the dogs. And then she says, yes, it is, Lord, she said, for even the dogs (laughs) eat the crumbs (laughs) that fall from the master's table. She said, Jesus, you can call me a dog, you can call me this, you can call me that, you can insult me. The only thing I care about right now is that my daughter will be made whole. I will take the crumbs if you give it to me.
1: I don't care what you're giving everybody else. Just heal my daughter. Pastor, can
0: I say this? Yeah, take your time.
1: But this is the reason why we included this story. The Holy Spirit gave us at the last minute. This is why we put this one down. Because In the story of the woman with the issue of blood, she was looking for a miracle for herself. But how many of you are in here tonight because you're here standing (laughs) for somebody else? She was an intercessor. Anybody know about interceding? So notice now, when she came, she came just as bold as if the blessing... What's for her? And listen, this is what I love. See, the the real saints, where my real saints at? Real saints ain't sensitive. Real saints don't got thin skin. Real saints ain't worried about what people say to them or say about them. Jesus called her a dog. Matter of fact, he called her a mutt. Basically, the the Greek word for dog there means that she was basically a house dog, a mutt that ate everything. Anybody seen dogs like that? I mean, I got one of them sophisticated dogs that'll only eat dog food. But some of y'all got them real around-the-way neighborhood dogs that'll eat anything. Jesus said, you know who you are, woman? And, And see, many of us would have taken it as insult, but Jesus was really complimenting her. He was saying, you're the kind of dog that'll eat anything, that'll take anything. And you know what she said? Yes, I am. She says, anything that'll fall off your table, I'll take it. When, see, you're, you're too middle class to do that. You're too, you've been in the church too long. You've got too many titles. You're too sophisticated to be that kind of desperate. But again, the desperation that's needed for the miracle is always exemplified in being humiliated. Oh, go ahead, Pastor.
0: So, when we gets what she designed. Then Jesus says to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And get this, and her daughter was healed
1: at that moment. Hallelujah! <laughs> Hey, let me say this now. One of my buddies is actually texting me while we're speaking. He's watching a live stream. I want to just send a shout out to my buddy Seth Yolorda. Um, we have been we have been standing in the gap as intercessors for his daughter. His daughter was given a prognosis by the doctors that she had a brain condition. Her brain was swimming in blood, and said that she would basically be mentally retarded and developmentally challenged for the rest of her life. But we are standing, Seth, for you here tonight, just like this sister did. And we're willing, my brother, (laughs) to take the crumbs off the master's table. (laughs) And if we have that kind of dog-eat-dog kind of spirituality, then we believe that God will give us the miracle at that moment, Pastor. (laughs) She At was that here. Moment. At yes. that
0: moment, she yeah. was here. We're going to go to our video real quick. If you have it, we're going to show you, as the pastor said earlier, this is a video of a rapper. His name is DMX. He was very famous for a while. Actually, uh, before I gave my life to Christ, I used to listen to DMX quite often. He was, yeah, we, we in rehab, y'all. Uh, we you know. in rehab. He's working on me. (laughs) He's working on. I used to listen to him. Uh, He's a poet. He was uh, very famous for quite some time. Everybody loved him. And after a while, he got caught up with drugs and, you know, I think cocaine as well, alcohol, all matter of things. And then Ayanna, this uh, lady from, I think you know best.
1: Ayana van Zant. She's like she's like a you know a counselor and so he this is crazy thing he invites her to come and help him and so. His relationship with his son is estranged. He has a 21-year-old son. They have no relationship. So I want you to understand what I'm saying here. He invites her to come to help him with his issues and his relationship. Let's watch the video and see what the response is.
3: Thinks you don't want a relationship with him. Wow. Well, let me just share this with you. Because from your mother, your son your wife, even your friends, all of them have said this one thing to me. I'm waiting for the day I get the call that he's dead. My son said he's waiting for the call? Yeah. Your son is waiting for the call. Your friends are waiting for the call. Yeah. Can you hear that people who love and care about you, you are afraid care about you. You you're going they're... to
2: die they if you don't... I don't care about what people are concerned with.
3: Okay, do you have the courage and the willingness mm. to get up every day and look yourself in the mirror knowing that you're clean of everything? Do yeah. you want to live your life as a clean man? Um,
2: when you say clean, no, no, no weed, no drinking, nothing. Nothing! Why? why?
3: No. I, I'm, you don't want to live your life clean. what I? You don't I? want is to... Why? Because it makes you a clear, pure vessel for the voice of God. That's why.
2: I think I'm exactly where I need to be with God. If, if, if it gets to the point where, you know, I stop drinking and smoking weed, then, you know, that's what I'm meant to be. But I, I'm always exactly... Where i'm supposed to be when i'm supposed to be there you believe that I, yes 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 that's why i'm still here
3: and where you know, was and, god
2: and, and when I, you put that
3: first line of cocaine in your system right there god was right there yeah
2: right and Yo. that's why god gives me the blessings that he's giving me
3: and what if your time is running out well
2: everybody's time is running out beloved yeah I don't if know. i if, if i drop dead right now i will have fulfilled the, the purpose that God had me to
1: do. The level of deception that this brother is under. And if you keep watching, we may show more clips of the video. We, we got to get it right. But he is challenged by the sister to simply acknowledge that he has a problem. She goes so far as to say to him, "Is do you want to be clean? And look, he is under such deception that, in so many words, he's saying no. As a matter of fact, when he was like, you know, he, he, he was like, "You mean no weed? No, no. I mean, like, no, no weed at all. No alcohol. I mean, he's under that such deception that he is willing to stay there than to have the relationship with his son that he claims that he professes he so desperately wants.
0: And he goes so far as to say, she asked him, you know, where was God while you were doing all this? And see, he said, God was right beside me. In fact, he believed that this is the calling that that God has has on his life. (laughs) Some people can even so deceive themselves and so self-deceive themselves that they believe that what they're doing is not that bad. It's not hurting anybody. If God allowed me to do it, then he must want me to do it. Oh. It's really not as bad as it looks. If I'll I be okay. It, if, if I, I survive this thing, yeah. then it must be a part of God's plan and a part of God's will. And all the while, he's hurting himself. He's hurting his family. He's estranged from his his wife, his son, the rest of his family, his friends. And he is literally a shell of who he was. When I used to listen to him, DMX was the man. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't act like I'm the only one in here right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amen.
3: He was the
0: man. And after drugs and alcohol and all matter of substances took over his life, he began to plummet way, way down into a deep, dark pit. And we haven't seen him come back up out of that thing yet. Our prayer tonight is that you won't self deceive yourself in that same way. We tell ourselves, you know what? My situation is not as bad yes. as somebody else's. That's right.
1: That's right that's
0: My right. situation is not as evil as somebody that's else's. Right. And we end up with the same predicament as the Pharisee and the publican in the Bible. And the Pharisee is praying there to Jesus and saying, praying to God and saying to God, God, thank you so much that I'm not as bad as that publican over there. I pay my tithe. I go to church, oh God. I read my Bible. I do my devotion, all these things. I'm really not that bad. And all the while, this publican who recognizes how bad off he is cannot even look up to heaven. But he says inside his own spirit and in his soul, God, forgive me for I am a sinner. And Jesus says that the publican goes home more justified than the Pharisee does. Surrender, brothers and sisters. (laughs) Admit to yourself, whatever it is. And you know what? Let me just say this too. Some of you are listening to us and you don't even know what the issue is. That's Pray right. to God and that's ask him right. to reveal to you that thing that is blocking you from him. And don't be afraid when God shines the light in your life or holds a mirror up to you to let you see what you have become over time. It is God's way and it is his plan
1: of saving your life. Father in heaven right now, In this crowd, we are crushing your presence the same way the crowd did in the Bible. But there are some women and some men that have an issue like this woman with the issue of blood, and they're going to make up their minds, unlike DMX, that they will not come in your presence. And leave without the miracle. We learn tonight that faith is the victory. The miracle will come if I have the victory, which is my faith. But somebody must acknowledge like this. These two sisters did. You can call me a dog. I'll crawl on my face. But I realize that my situation is unmanageable. It's bad. Some of us need to confess tonight, I got the devil in me, and I know it. I got hurt in me, and I'm running from it. I got fears in me, and I'm dodging them. I've got hate in my heart. And I'm self-medicating it with men or with women or with dependency on drugs and chemicals or religion or legalism. But now is the moment of truth. And for those of you who are watching online, in your room, in your office, on your couch, wherever you are, I want you to join in with us as, in this moment, somebody needs to come out of their seat. And come stand here with these two recovering preachers and simply say, God, I admit that my stuff is jacked up, but I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to do like these sisters did. And I am going to believe that you will make me whole. Some of you may be coming for somebody else. You are going to stand like that mother did for her demon-possessed daughter and say, if it's crumbs, I'll take it. But I believe that you're able to do it. No wavering, no doubt, no shuffling my feet, wondering if God wants this thing for me. It is his will. Demonstrate your faith by getting out of your seat and coming down to the altar and saying, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm standing for my miracle. Hallelujah. Somebody is standing tonight for your miracle. And I love this. If you have faith, you have victory. Oh, come on in here, somebody. If you will simply just believe in your heart that God is able, he says, victory will not be yours. It is yours. This trial of faith that you're going through, it's not going to last forever. God is just testing to see how hungry you are. Is there anybody else here that just needs to slip out of their seat and say, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm hearing you, but I'm being, if I'm honest, because I've been here, man, I, I don't even know, as Pastor said, what it is, but, but if you're preaching like this and the Holy Ghost is speaking like this, it must be something. So I need the Spirit of God to reveal to me what's holding me in this stuck pattern in my life. So somebody might need to just come and say, God, show me. What's separating me from the miracle that you have for my life? Go ahead, Pastor.
0: Father in heaven, we come because we're desperate for you, Jesus. There's no music now to move us. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right. This is not simply an emotional response. This is not shallow this evening. This coming tonight, This stepping forward out of our seats is born out of a deep-seated issue that we want out of us right now. We have learned tonight, oh God, that if we simply have faith in you, you can work miracles in our lives. Many of us have come tonight, oh God, because we are struggling right now. We cannot make ends meet. We cannot get ahead seems like we are always in a rat race. It seems like we are always struggling. Yes. It seems like everybody around us is prospering. And it seems like the wicked is doing well while the righteous suffer. It seems like everybody has got it good. Everything is peachy keen and hunky-dory. Everybody is smiling, but we cannot smile because of things that are happening in our lives right now. But, oh God, we claim the promises in Scripture. We just cry aloud like that Phoenician woman, God, if you just give us the crumbs, we will take it, oh God. Whatever it is you desire to give us, oh God, we will take that. For we know that even the little you give us is much better than what the world could give us. Oh, God, we're praying and we're we're coming forward, God, tonight, even for family, friends, and loved ones. Some of us, it's not even for us tonight that we are here. We are here for our sons and for our daughters. We are here for our husbands and for our wives. We are here for our nephews and our nieces and our uncles and our aunts that are struggling right now. Many of us know crackheads and addicts who are strung out on drugs, and unless we pray for them, they are easy Pray for the devil himself. Your word says, Oh God, that the devil is like a roaring lion mm, seeking whom he may devour. God, please help us to pray circles around our family. Help us to pray circles around our loved ones. Help us to claim the victory that is in Jesus Christ. Oh God, a woman that had been suffering for 12 long years got down on hands and knees and just touched the hem of the abdominal God. And she was healed just a touch from you God can heal anybody oh Lord and Father if we would just lift our voice to heaven admit when we are wrong call sin by its right name call out our addictions and ask you for help God you said you would come rushing into our lives and save us so Father we claim your promises tonight we claim the fact that you said you can supply all our needs according to your riches and glory Claim the fact that your word says, God, that your your, your ear is not too heavy, that you cannot hear yes. us, neither is your arm too short, that you cannot save us. So that means whatever pit we are in, no matter how deep we have gotten in this thing,
1: no matter what we've done, oh God, or how we've done it, or who
0: we've done it to, or why we have done it, not only do you forgive us, oh God, but you take us through a process to restore us back to the people we were before, thank you, oh God. Proclaiming your promises tonight. We ask, the Lord, for blessing, God. Let me be specific tonight, God. We're praying for healing as well. We're praying, oh God, for that person, God, who is dealing with a similar issue, oh God. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, they need healing in their physical body. It's not mental, it's not emotional, but their body is acting up right now and misbehaving, oh God. We claim healing for you, all the great physicians. Father, we're praying for finances, oh Lord. <laughs> We're praying for somebody who is addicted to something right now. It may not be drugs and alcohol. Maybe it's just TV, oh God. Maybe they're, they're just addicted to approval, oh God. They cannot live their lives the way you want them to. Mm, yes. They have purpose in their lives. Yes. They're so worried about what everybody else thinks about them. They are trapped
1: in their own mind. God, Mercy. Deliver
0: somebody in this building. And we'll be careful to give you all praise, all honor, and all glory. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Let everybody say, amen. You love the Lord You
1: believe that you can. Yes. Put your hands together for him. <laughs> Give somebody a hug and tell them it's going to be all right.